Welcome to QWERTY Writing Life Podcast, where we have candid chats about our creative lives. This is May. And I'm Joy. For more information about our podcast, monthly newsletter, or author resource series, visit us at QWERTYWritingLife.com. That's QWERTY, spelled Q-W-E-R-T-Y. It's the first six letters on your keyboard. So, are you ready? Grab your tea. Or your coffee. And let's chat. Hello, everyone. It's another week. Hello, and welcome. Today, we're going to talk about how to drop a project. But before we do that, we're going to talk about our creative weeks. So, Joy, what did you do? Well, I actually feel like I have a creative week for the first time in what's felt like forever. Uh, I got to write last night. And this is something that hasn't happened in months, honestly. Uh, so I told y'all and shared with y'all last week about um, losing one of my dear friends. And it was actually at her funeral where I was reminded of some stories that kind of were the very first stories that I clung to as a reader and that kind of fueled me in certain ways. And so I'm not going into deep detail here. This is still a secret project. Sorry. But um, just letting you know, this project actually goes really way far back. And it's something that I don't know was ever really necessarily on my radar, like in recent years. Um, But it's something that just totally makes sense. And it makes sense in light of my dear friend Casey um, and some things that were very important to her, things that we shared. And I'm really excited about it. So I got to get started on that last night and we'll see where it goes. I don't know. I'm not making any, I'm not making any commitments or deadlines or I'm not pressuring myself, but it's going really well already and I'm pleased and I'm excited to see how it all comes out in the end. Oh, I love that so much. Um, Also in perfect time for NaNoWriMo. Just, it happens to be the National Novel Writing Month. I don't know if your secret project is a novel, but I love that you're writing during this month. I know, and I rarely get to do that. And I even, like, I haven't actually officially signed up or anything, but I did jot down my word count from last night. I did that this morning because I was like, well, you know, it was only November 2nd. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. So, and I love that the motivation behind it is something that comes from your personal life and it's, it's going to fuel you to the finish line, I imagine, too. So, yeah. yeah, that's lovely. Thank you. I'm excited. So, tell us about your creative week. Well, um, it is National Novel Writing Month, so NaNoWriMo, for those who, who aren't familiar with the, with the term. And so, I am working toward finishing a draft of the water novel. And so this is the, the book that I took to their retreat. And so I have lots of really great notes and I'm getting ready to uh, to really hit that hard and actually have the book hard quite a bit. Um, not as much as I would have liked to. November the 1st is my oldest son's birthday. We're recording this on November the 3rd. So uh, we're, we're a couple of days in. Last night I had church and we got home really late and an event at work. And so I just, so I got to work really early and then I got home really late. Uh, and so, but I'm hoping to get some writing in today. So we have November the 3rd. We will we'll keep on going with that. But before that, even this past week, I have already been 
finalizing my outline. So here we go, guys. It is not at word count zero. I probably have like 15,000 words uh, already, but that happened before NaNoWriMo, so I'm not sure if I can count that or not, but actually I don't even really care because as long as I have the draft at the end of it, that's what matters. So that's so exciting. And I know like November is a difficult month. Can I just say? It's very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So anybody who gets any words in in November is winning in my book. Just Mm -hmm. letting, putting that out there. (laughs) Yeah. And so we've been, we've got a lot of preparation going for the Thanksgiving holidays, for for Christmas holidays and just work things. It's just a, a difficult time at work right now too for unforeseen reasons as well um that just kind of popped up and so um it's been it's been really trying but we were talking a little bit before we started well before we pushed the record button that we are we are looking for the joy like we're looking to hold on to to the joy in these very difficult times so I'm doing that like consciously because my natural state is to be like, boom, destruction. <laughs> Mine too, for the record. <laughs> so um, so this week has really been a lot about like just trying to hold on to uh, the little bits and pieces of joy and comfort that I have, recognizing it and, and latching onto it. I think that's so important and it's funny that we've both been thinking along the same lines. It was, it was neat to just kind of be able to share that and be like, me too. (laughs) Yes. yes. Like this, even though we're not in the same vicinity, it's like we still have this bit of connection emotionally and it's so nice. It's so nice. (laughs) It is. I agree. (laughs) So I guess let's get into our topic and just a quick reminder for you guys. So Season four's focus has been a little different, so we decided to take this season to work through a project, and that is our episodes with you guys, or us just kind of telling you how it's going, um, what lessons we're learning along the way, and all of that kind of stuff, which I just have to point out, I was a little bit worried, (laughs) I'm always the worrier, that we were going to not have anything to say for enough episodes. Like, what if we just are working, and it's like, we don't really have anything to share, that's groundbreaking or or anything like it doesn't even have to be groundbreaking like what if we just don't have anything other than to say okay we did like two things but we have had something every time and it's been something new and something exciting something that we've learned something that we weren't expecting um and that goes into our topic today um which we'll get to in a second but the project just to remind you guys the project that we're working on is a workbook to accompany our book, Finders Keepers, A Practical Approach to Find and Keep Your Writing Critique Partner. That's true. And my, my worry wasn't necessarily that we wouldn't find anything to say, but um, but that we would work through uh, our, our project and then forget to record. But we're not record like an episode, but like record our thoughts and, and, and efforts. And then like in retrospection, we would not be able to create an episode out of it. And so my worry was a whole separate issue. Maybe. <laughs> um, and so thankfully, let's knock on someone. Uh, we have not had that issue. It's episode six. So we've been doing this for six episodes now. And uh, there's going to be a total of around 24 episodes. And so as of right now, everything seems to be going pretty well. Um, another worry of mine was like, we would be like repeating ourselves 
quite a bit, and that hasn't necessarily happened either. We've always found some sort of nugget in there that was new and exciting. And, and you know, when you start doing podcasts and things, you really don't think about like the repetitive nature of potential like the potential repetitive nature of content mm-hmm. because you've been doing it for so long. We've been doing this. This is our fourth year guys. And we've had, and the first year that we did it, we did it. Uh, we did it weekly first and second year or just the first year. First just and the, second year. I first think. and second year. I think so. So, so I was always surprised even then whenever we would come up with something to chit chat about um, for 52 episodes. Yeah. And that first year. year we like, we launched with that series five. of five. So we right. actually had more than one a week from that first season. Right. So we had 57 the first season. I think it was 54 the second season. Um, and then we went into the twice a month mm-hmm. situation. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's surprising to me that creativity keeps showing us things about ourselves and about the creative nature and about mediums and projects and things like that so it's, it's kind of exciting it's kind of exciting and this particular time it showed us um how to get to a place where you're analyzing things to drop a project so let's kind of talk about our observations for our last work session and then we'll get into that whole dropping a project situation does yeah. that sound good yeah that's a plan okay the the part of the the workshop part that we are at right now is reacquainting ourselves with the with the book content for Founders Keepers. And we were reevaluating the second part of the book. So our book is split up into five different parts. We were working on part two. And uh, so we had a couple of epiphanies from there. And I think that the first epiphany that we could talk about was like, Realizing that chat too lends itself perfectly toward more speaking topics. Um, so we started to look forward to fleshing those out and offering more workshops to writer groups and librarians in the upcoming year. And we're looking at ways to showcase where life and craft meet and provide practical applications um, and steps for people who might be new to the concept of writing with critique partners or who would like to boost their current partnerships. So if you or a group that you know might be interested in one of these topics, drop us a line. So our email address is qwertywritinglife at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, These are things that we're excited about. We already have things that we've presented in the past for groups, um, for libraries, for writing groups, for things like that. Um, But we just wanted to have some more workshops and presentations that we could pull from for people and we feel like this chat in particular really lends itself to people from all walks of writing whether they're familiar with critique partnerships or they're brand new to it and like may said this kind of brings together um, life and creativity and it kind of just joins everything together in such a beautiful way so that's kind of what we've been thinking about and that was the first big thing that popped out to us that we were really excited about because one of the things as we went into this project that we weren't expecting you know we're just expecting workbook right but we realized you know what we can pull some other things to 
you know, have freebies for people or to have new presentations or all of these different things. And so in working on those or identifying those as we go through this project, the workbook, it's just going to give us more to work with in the future. So the the next thing that I think was our, our biggest observation was that we were so super excited to find out that our content is evergreen. <laughs> And like adding to the conversation now that we've been into it for about two or three years since we put out the book, um, like we've been able to take all of our experiences past the the publication date and really add into those speaker things and, you know, really good conversation to the workbook and stuff too. So we're adding little tidbits, things that might be new um, into the workbook so that you're not just getting a repetition of the book. Uh, so if we take it and we go a little, a little step forward, uh, more forward with our current experiences and stuff now too. So um, that's really exciting. Um, but this kind of is where we flowed into the idea where like weighing the possibility of if we need to drop this project or not. And that's where our topic comes in today. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. so as I was reading through the second chat, I kept finding all these spots to improve. I mean, ever the editor, okay, I'm like, you know, and it was stuff like, Oh, we could have some more concrete examples here. Oh, we could smooth out this sentence, you know, like those ticky things and also some possible reorganization. So things like that. So, of course, in the publisher mind, those kinds of changes were thinking possible second edition. And that led us to say, okay, do we really need a second edition? Like, is this really worth that? Is this something that is still viable? Is this a project that is still meeting our fundamental standards uh, and all of these things? So that's kind of where this discussion began. Yeah, and so when Joy started bringing up the idea of a second edition, um, I kind of wanted to make sure that the all of that work and effort was worth it. Because <laughs> so, it would be a lot. It would be a lot of work in order to do a, a second edition. Um, but, and this is where we came up with the whole thought of like, is the is the content evergreen? Is it still relevant in this space? Because you don't want to do a second edition and all, put all that effort and work into it if it's not relevant anymore, if it's not important, if it's not meeting our fundamental standards. And so that was my thought. Like, is, is the question really, do we need a second edition? Um, or is the question, you know, is this still like, do we need to back up a second and, and find out if everything is still relevant, if it still fits our fundamental standards and is it worth it basically? Mm -hmm. So, and our culmination of our questions boiled down to the epiphany and the affirmation that our product is a evergreen, b worth it and C maybe might get a second edition later on in life. So, yeah. And so, and something that you said to me was just really great. And that was, you know, we wouldn't be worrying about this if the content wasn't on point already oh, and wasn't yeah, I needed. Did say that. You did say that. It was so good. And I was like, you're right. Like we wouldn't be having this conversation. We wouldn't be considering this. We wouldn't be talking about this or even to be perfectly honest, working on the workbook if the content wasn't on point and much needed still in our writer context. So right. 
Yeah. I think all of that then led to this deeper epiphany of you and I both realized, I think individually, but like at the same time, like I think we just kind of said it at the same time, that we were willing to drop this entire thing. And we're talking like years of work. Like this is kind of the first big project that we have done together um, outside of the podcast. Like this is this is our contribution to the writing world, right? Our, our initial contribution to the writing world. And we realized that we would have been willing to drop all of it if the project no longer supported our standard or continued the great conversation, which that's part of our standard. Um, so in spite of the dozens of hours and days, and like I said, literally years of work and effort and longing that we've already put into this, we would have been willing to let it go. So we are committed to quality content. I think that that reiterates that particular part of our fundamental standard. And I think that was also an important thing to re, well, not re, to notice in ourselves that that really is who we are. Yeah. And you have to, you kind of have to separate yourself from some of the emotional parts Mm -hmm. of it. Because if you think back, Joy, to like when we first started Finders Keepers, before it was even called Finders Keepers, um, we, we had an emotional attachment to it. Like we had a calling, it felt like to write this book. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the reason being was because whenever we became critique partners in like 2016 or something like that, there wasn't anything, there was no good resource that we could get to. Um, and that, that was like a com- compilation of all of the things that we needed to know in order to be good critique partners to each other. So we kind of like scraped and scrapped some things together and, and you know, found articles and and in internet things, <laughs> and and we made it work. And we you know we we were invested in our own critique partner relationship to the point where we wanted it to be the best that it could potentially be. And we did trial and error, and really you know it kind of blood, sweat, and tears in that way too, just to create our own critique partner relationship, and then to be able to articulate that in a in a, in a really good way to other people to try to help lend them. It's like you don't have to start at ground zero you get to start here at like you know ground 1.5 or something like that (laughs) so (laughs) but like that was that at the time was extremely motivating to both of us and I'm talking like you know it felt like whole next level kind of motivation stuff where we were not just writing you know we're not writing a sweet little story or something like that which I love sweet little stories and those can be groundbreaking too but this felt like this felt like calling stuff to me I don't know about that for you yeah no I definitely Uh, agree with that yeah okay great so take all of those emotions take Mm -hmm. all of that meaning take all of that motivation wrap it up in a big you know in a little ball and so set that to the side and then here now in 2022 like reevaluating the project are we proud of it yes absolutely um was it needed at the time yes absolutely um is it needed now Mm -hmm. is it relevant now Hmm. Is it <laughs> like all of these things and being able to look at it in the present where we are versus where we were and being able to say, yes, this is still something that is for us. Now, that answer could have been no. Mm-hmm. It really could have been. 
but would we have been able to separate that from that little ball of emotion that we have, um, that we have stored over here to the side? That would have been very difficult. We would have done it, but it would have been very difficult. Um, and there might have been some sadness involved there, <laughs> potentially some tears, maybe some chocolate. But <laughs> yeah. Pints of ice cream. <laughs> ice cream. So I say all of that to kind of show you like how emotionally connected we are to this potential, this project. We are so very emotionally connected to it. It's our, it, it is our baby. Like it is something that we created together. It's like a little joy may. And, um, it's, and we're very, very proud of it. And we hope that, it, that if you've used it or read it and that sort of thing that you have found joy may in there too and um, but as a creator we think it's really important important that you have to be committed enough to your fundamental standards to drop a project even after all of those blood sweat tears moments and all of that emotional connection like you have to be willing to evaluate and reevaluate and in five more years, we'll probably evaluate again. And, you know, just to make sure that um, that it still says what we want it to say. And it's still relevant to the conversation. And it still matches with our fundamental standards. And I think that that is a huge thing, too, that the very fact that we've been working through this concept of fundamental standards from a creative standpoint, um, we've done a presentation on it we have the beginnings of a book for it like this is a huge thing for us as well and I think having gone through that together has really helped us and brought us to this point uh, because it all ties together and so that's super super important just to know who you are as a creative and what you stand for and what you're going to what standards you're going to cling to and stand on what's your foundation um, another thing that we realized is and I think this actually came from you as well, May, but it was so good that if we do have to drop a project, so if that answer was no, that we needed to let it go, we're not starting back at square one. So, you know, I, I know someone, for example, who worked on a book, one book for a decade, and she got hit with some feedback that was less than positive, And now she chose to start over and to kind of rework some things, okay, after a decade. But she could have also chosen to drop it at that point. And that would have, I mean, me thinking through this, I'm like, I would have absolutely been devastated. I literally spent a decade of my life on this one thing. And what do I have to show for it? She has a decade worth of experience, research, work, craft building, um, all of these things that are huge. All of the lessons that she learned along the way. You know, even with the final lesson of, you know, the feedback that she received and how that would affect her and how that would make her a better author moving forward. You know, every single thing that we do is experience. It's making us a better author. And so if you happen to be in a situation where you decide what's right for you is to drop a project, don't despair. Don't feel like you're you're starting back at square one or you've lost everything. Like you haven't. You have so much that you wouldn't have had before if you hadn't put into that project what you did. Yeah, absolutely. And I venture to say too that that's part of the creative process. Mm -hmm. Like every once in a while 
dropping something is part of the process is part of being able to choose your own destiny kind of a thing and um, <laughs> choose your creative destiny Ooh, I like that title <laughs> oh yes um it is it is quite good I will say um but jotting is, that down <laughs> yeah right <laughs> that sounds like an author resource series book <laughs> yeah in fact just continue <laughs> But I like I really do think that this is something that like the longer that you are creative, like this is a part of the revelation and the the experience of of being a creator. <laughs> you get to choose whether you're going to stick with it or whether you're gonna take those lessons that you've learned along the way and apply them to a different project. I love how you said that though. Like it's not I really thought when you asked that question, like, what does she have? And I thought it was going to be nothing. I thought the answer was going to be nothing when you said it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm so, like, vindicated. I'm not vindicated, but I'm like, I'm so, like, sad for her. But but you didn't say nothing. Like you said, she has all of these things. Her toolkit is so full now mm-hmm. that she can go into another project with, Uh, with a fresh mind and also if she started over then she's taking that idea like from the germination of it and if she just kind of scrapped the last 10 years you know the work in progress from the last 10 years and just started over that's almost like starting a new project because she's starting over a different person than she was 10 years ago with different life experiences than she was 10 years ago with different craft experience this this really could be exactly what she needed to do was to just start over or to move on to another project until she felt like she was at a craft level where she could really embrace and attack that other idea. So there's so many good things that could come out of just, you know, saying not right now or not ever. Like those are, those are valid options for you when you are, when you're working on a project. And, you know, something that just kind of popped in my head too, as we're talking about this, we actually do this all the time on a smaller level. So think about, for example, you've written a story and you've gotten your feedback in, we've done our critique partner thing, right? And it's like, hey, this character, why are they here? Well, you might have to decide if that character is pivotal and needs to be given a larger role or if that character needs to go. So we, it's kind of, this, it's a similar concept. And so we actually have practice with this all the time. Anytime we write, we're, it's, we're constantly making the decision to keep a character, to deepen a character, to get rid of a character. And it's the same with um, the way that we write things or the order of the events or even the events that we choose to highlight as big pivotal moments for our main characters. You know, those change constantly throughout the different drafts. So I don't know, that's kind of just here and popped in my head. But I, I just thought how that's really kind of a picture on a smaller level of how we're getting practice in doing this throughout the creative process. So. Yeah. And you think about other mediums too. You do it in other mediums as well. Like, you know, there are painters who paint over different areas of a, of a canvas because it's, it's not exactly what they wanted. And they had to start over in that section. Um, or they paint over an entire canvas because what the picture that they have made is not what they wanted it to be. You know, like you can, you can reuse canvases, but you know what you also learned too? You learned that you didn't like that and you, and you knew why you didn't like it and you started over again and you made something that was even better. And you think about like, um, 
uh, spice palette or something like that. Is that the right way to say it? Like, you, can you simplify the, the amount of spices that you put into a, a dish? Mm-hmm. Um, or you can dilute something or add more spices to it, you know? And it's not what you originally thought it was going to be. But, man, like, your experience and the things that you've learned while making that particular that particular dish is, has flowed into something. And you get to choose and make decisions and, and become and it becomes something that you're proud of or you know you scrap it and then the wild cats eat it in the in the woods that's <laughs> that's not happened ever <laughs> do you have wild cats in your woods may we have we have a few feral cats i'm not gonna lie to you <laughs> um but and you know <laughs> i may or may not feed them i'm not gonna <laughs> she says mysteriously <laughs> <So>. <laughs> is that nothing is wasted absolutely nothing is wasted and that everything that you do in creativity is something that can be built upon and whether by knowledge or in in like tangible project stuff so I think that this is probably something that I realized maybe a year or two ago or something like that like this this was an option for me to let something go um I felt a lot of shame in the first the first novel that I drafted felt a lot of shame about not going back to it and not, um, not revising it or anything like that. But that just wasn't the story for me at the time. And so like this whole idea of being able to drop a project and having it be a part of your creative process. And like, as an aged, you know, (laughs) seasoned, a well seasoned creator, like there's not shame connected to it. It's actually something that is, that shows kind of a maturity, I think in your creative journey <laughs> I hate I hate saying creative journey sometimes but um, but it is a bit of that but I do think that this is something that maybe as a new a newbie creator you're not going to be able to do super well well and I think too I think that all creatives do hit a point with this like you're not you're I don't know of a single creative who hasn't had to drop or postpone or something with a project mm-hmm. like it's just going to be part of it um right. so even with me deciding to pick up this brand new project when I have two books that are so close that I've been trying to get out for years you know like that was a difficult decision now whether mm-hmm. I like continue with this and get it through to the end before I go back to the others I don't know that that's going to happen either it's just I realized in the moment this is what needs to get written down you know, mm-hmm. and this is what I need to start working on and see what happens. Um, right. So I think, you know, everybody goes through that, the postponing something um, because it's just not the right time. Like even that is hard. Um, but understanding that you have to be, you have to be in the right creative mindset for particular projects as well. And mm-hmm. knowing that, my, one of my favorite verses of in the entire Bible is for such a time as this. And the con, well, I won't go through the whole background to that. It's a beautiful story. But anyway, the point is there's a perfect and right time for everything. And for the things that you are meant to put out into the world, there is a time for you to do that. I love your example there because your emotional landscape changed mm-hmm. whenever you were working on, um, whenever you started this project, 
like your emotional landscape changed. You realized that you needed to postpone the, the other books and work on this because of that, you know, drastic change that had happened with you. So that emotional landscape would not have been good for that project that you were working on. It is good for this project. And it's a memorial kind of honoring thing that's helping you, you know, process some of those emotions mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and help, help you, helping you grieve a little bit. Mm-hmm. to I imagine so um, grief like a river you know when we were in the in the depths of grief like grief like a river I and mean, we were even like in editing I think like it was almost done and I had two major deaths in my family like huge and um and I had to go back I had to stop that editing process that finalization process for grief like a river and go back and process some of these emotions that I was having to deal with through poetry because that's how I do things like I know that about myself now and so like it was through poetry and writing that I was able to really get some good thoughts down and I to understand like am I you know understand some of the, the feelings and stuff because we are layered creatures we're really really um difficult to understand even to ourselves sometimes mm-hmm. and so being able to unwind and, and, and untangle all of those different emotions that we that, that we deal with whenever things like this come up because it's it, it is about it is about the family and it is about um, the person who's passed away but it's also a little bit about us too because they are affected Unless we're not going to have in our lives anymore, and how will we survive? Like, how 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 is this going to work? You know, without them, and even harder still. You know, if you're if it's not a very good relationship, and um, I speak from experience. So, like, even if it's not a very good relationship, like, how do you deal with the feelings of relief, like, or or whatever kind of feelings that you might be feeling in that particular way that's not necessarily just mourning and sadness like any kind of thing that you would have connected to it because my emotional landscape changed from the finalization project of of grief like a river I went back to the drafting stage because something needed to happen inside of me Mm -hmm. as a creator but well as a creator and also as a human being yeah and and so Dropping slash postponing something is sometimes like sometimes it's a question of survival with it mm-hmm. and, yeah. and and being able to live in this life. So yeah. that got on a whole nother on a whole nother place. <laughs> well, <laughs> and we'll separate from the fundamental standards. But <laughs> well, no, I think that it does probably go back to your fundamental standards. Depend, you know, because probably in there you have like being able to do, you know, putting out creative work to the best of your ability, right? And you're going to recognize times when it's not, you you know, just like the reason that I've got two books that are so close and yet so far away because, like, I have hit a season of I couldn't sit down and make all of those um, fine-tuning, finalization decisions on those things and I couldn't go back and see those projects as a whole with two minutes and 10 minutes here and there of sleep deprived, emotionally ridden time. It wasn't, it's not the time for those things. And so I think that that does probably go back to your fundamental standards. And so that is an aspect of honoring your standards 
by postponing a project for a time, by setting it to the side for a time. That's a that's a that's another aspect of this. So sometimes it's not necessarily the dropping of a project. It may just be the the setting aside for a bit of a project. Right. I just wanted to kind of bring in a bit of human element into it as well, because we do talk about a lot about practical things and we are the practical thrivers. Like that's how we deal. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I feel like you can get so practical that it feels like a step-by-step, okay, step one, check, step two, check. Yeah. And life isn't necessarily like that because we're throwing these curveballs. We're, we're in these situations sometimes of our own making and sometimes not. Mm-hmm. And so being able to like a, like deal with the, the humanness mm-hmm. of the situation um, does, does bring us to a practicality, but let's recognize it as because we're human beings because because we are these magnificent wonderful creatures yeah. <laughs> these particular things have to happen and also like that allows fluidity in in our creative lives too because there can be a lot of oh my gosh I had this deadline and I didn't meet the deadline and now I have shame and regret and I'm never gonna make anything ever again you know <laughs> I tend to be a bit dramatic so if that's not you disregard that statement but um, I feel like that's but, many people but yeah I think that remembering that we are human beings that life happens and it's okay like that's what this is about too dropping projects um, postponing projects picking up a new project like putting down something that um, is is not is giving us grief but then maybe cannibalizing it for something new like that's fine you get to make those decisions you're kind of in charge friend so (laughs) that's the good thing about being the creator (laughs) that's right that's right so so don't be afraid to drop or postpone a project sometimes the best thing that we can do is like move away from a creative project that's giving us grief Um, whether it's a need for increased craft or if the project just doesn't line up with who we are as creatives anymore, like leaving it behind, it doesn't make you a quitter. And that's something I really want you guys to hear right now. You are not a quitter. You're not a loser. You didn't mess up. There's no shame or regret in, that's needed in this decision-making at all. Um, it just means that you're smart enough to recognize that you are an idea-generating machine and that you need to beef up on the identifiable crafts, uh, craft issues, or you're allowing yourself to change and grow as a person and you're doing the smart thing and altering your standards as you do so. And that is what being a creator is kind of all about. Yeah, I would agree. Definitely. And, you know, sometimes like he's, and I like that you mentioned, sometimes you need to alter your standard because we talked earlier about, you know, being making, going back to your standards and making sure that your works um, honor those But there's also the fact that we've talked about before that our fundamental standards do change. That's why Mm -hmm. we began, when we began on this project this year, the first thing that we did was we went back to our fundamental standards. We tweaked them. We made sure that they were written in the right way with the right words that really um, encapsulated who we are as a team, as a creative team. And made sure that that was solid before we began to work on pro- an, on another project together um, so that we knew that it was ready to have things held up against it. And we also know, because we talked about it as we were doing it, 
we'll be doing this again. Like we're going to go back to that fundamental standard and we're going to reevaluate it and make sure that it still says what it needs to say for us. Right. And don't you kind of love the whole symbiotic relationship that this has, like our creative projects and our fundamental standards, they kind of impress upon each other. It's accountability for not only our projects, but also our standards. Just, yeah, I just thought about that. I like it. It goes together. It does. Like it does. peas and carrots. <laughs> right. Well, they feed. <laughs> I was just to say they feed off each other, but they use it peas and carrots. And I was like, ha ha, fun. <laughs> There you go. We're they do. They do. Like they feed off each other. If there's something that's bothering you about a project, is it is it meeting up to your standards? If there's something that's bothering you that you like the project and but it, it's not quite matching up with your standards, is your standard right? Like just keeping that open that openness to reevaluate things every once in a while and just make sure that everything's everything's right. You know, I feel like that is also a good lesson for our lives, too. It's like, you know, if there's something that's emotionally wrong with us, you know, if we're not feeling good about it, like, let's think about that. And we have instincts for a reason, you know, why is that not, not, not sitting right with us? And then, you know, kind of evaluate the situation and do you need to drop something out of that situation or does it need to alter or, you know, is, is it something, are your emotions and instincts building off of trauma or life experiences that maybe is causing you to have a misbelief within yourself and that instinct's coming from a misbelief. You know, those are the kind of things that recognizing those things in your life, just like in a creative project, can really uh, bring you some 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 peace <laughs> as you evaluate those things and they're symbiotic too. So is the situation causing you causing you grief? If so, like evaluate the instinct. Is the instinct right or wrong? If so, evaluate the, you know, so back and forth. So, yeah. I love that. That's perfect. (laughs) So I feel like we're probably ready for a challenge. And yeah, why not? I probably could have ended it on a little lighter note. Um, (laughs) uh, I'm trying to think of a joke. (laughs) (laughs) You tell a joke, May. Come on. Maybe I should just tap dance or something. I don't know. But um, anyway, insert light lightness here because you know we don't want to end on a heavy note. But I just thought that was something that maybe somebody needed to hear. Who knows? So, no, I already challenge. Yes. <laughs> Onward to the challenge. Right. Right. So first of all, as a question, are you willing to let a project go if you evaluate it and find it no longer fits your fundamental standards or your point in your creative life? And so this is just a question of, are you willing? Like, can you really say, I'm willing to do that if the case arises or if the need arises? That's a little bit of self-evaluation there to get us started. (laughs) Right. And if the answer is yes, like, Maybe don't lose that momentum. Maybe you go ahead and look at your creative project and evaluate it. (laughs) Exactly. And if your answer is no, then I think your next step there is to figure out, okay, why? Are you not able to, like May kind of gave us that picture of like kind of taking all those emotions surrounding our projects, kind of putting them into a little ball and setting them here for a moment, you know, you don't have to get rid of them, but just set them aside And look at things with a different hat. You know, we talk about our creator hats, all the different hats that we wear. Um, 
maybe you haven't figured out how to do that. So maybe that's something you can work on. Or is it, is it hubris? Is it, you know, try to figure out why. Why can you, why are you answering no to this? If you can get to the root of that, um, you might find some surprising things that will help you in other aspects of your life as well. And so, yeah, and then I think the, the next step here is, you know, actually going to your project. So if you're in the middle of a project and if it's giving you some trouble, you know, that's an easy one. Like, okay, is it giving me trouble because maybe this isn't the right project for me right now? And, you know, asking all the questions that we've kind of gone through, holding it to your fundamental standards, things like that. Or maybe you've got a project that is dear to your heart and you love deeply, but still go ahead and give it an evaluation. Does it still uphold your values? Does it still uphold those standards? And is it the right thing for you at this point? Well said. Well said. <laughs> well, thank you, my friend. <laughs> yes. I love all those things. So do what Joy said. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so much for joining in, listening in, and we hope you have a great week. And go make something. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. We hope this episode encouraged you. Like all creatives, we thrive on consumer recommendations. So please consider leaving us a review and sharing our podcast with your creative friends. If you'd like to continue this conversation, visit us on our website at QWERTYWritingLife.com or on Instagram at QWERTYWritingLife.